And we're live. What's up, fellas? We got a uh, good old Brendan Long here now on uh, the cast today. How you feeling, Brendan? Feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good. Had a nice day. Yeah, bro. I was saying uh, to really anyone who asked me, this has been like the best day of my life so far. No bullshit. Yeah, bro. Tommy hit me up talking about the podcast affected him in a weird ass way. Like he said, he, he literally called me and said he couldn't explain it. I said that was the point of it all. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, then I hit you up. You were able to get on. Tommy couldn't get on, so glad you're here. Uh, I appreciate. Katie. I'm glad to be here. KD, how how we feeling? Shit, bro, I'm great, dude. Been a lot, been a long time since I was fucking this excited about something. Um, but I am here and excited. I'm ready to go. Looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah, man. So normally we're uh, filming early, bright and early. Today I had work, so we couldn't do that. Uh, it's 9 p.m. now, and everyone was down, or 9 p.m. for me, it's 8 over there for them, and everyone was still down. It's it's that weird thing, like, when I called Nelson, he was like, yeah, I'll do it right now. Damn near. Yeah, tomorrow morning, that's in eight hours, I'll be up, type shit. Mm-hmm. So I think, like like Daler said, I think everyone can see our excitement in it, and it's yeah. it's getting contagious. So long, Got a lot of good things planned. Bro. Yeah, Long, if you want to just kind of talk about... uh. What kind of brought you here on the podcast? Why you want to be here? Um, who you are more? You know what I'm saying? All right, cool. So, uh, main reason I kind of wanted to be on the podcast is like I haven't really got to like talk. I think you said it earlier. I haven't really got to talk like into like super deep subjects with you guys before. Like, pick your brain about different aspects of, you know. I know you guys did the uh, the podcast with Brandon about like spirituality and shit like that. Like perspective yeah. so i wanted to hop on here kind of have like some deep conversation deep thought maybe open my mind up to a little bit of things that i may previously have not you know been super open to and um you know other than that it's like if we want to talk about anything that i'm more knowledgeable on so like say fitness or anything like that just kind of wanted to be able to you know provide knowledge in that aspect too yeah bro uh it's always good to get that variety, man. That's why I keep telling Daler, uh, we we could get anyone on here and get something out of them. And uh, you got that's that's your niche, like the or niche, whatever. Yeah, kind of. That's that's yours, bro. That's your. So we'll get into that later uh, after we we take our turn first. Start firing yeah. rounds at you. Uh, we'll definitely t- tap into that because I I've kind I kind of changed my my way of lifting recently, and uh, I, I would kind of like to share that because we haven't we haven't talked about it there, Daler. Tapped into the gym recently too, right? Y'all already know what it is. Yeah, I fucking I found a one on Twitter. It's this dude, and he makes a lot of programs. They're on Substack. Uh, his link will be in the description. His name is uh, Bowtie Ox, but he's like this ex Ranger. I mean, dude, he was in the Ranger Battalion, so you know he's legit. Um, he posts his physique, and the dude's fucking jacked, you know. And he's just a good dude to follow because he keeps it a stack. Like he's not going to tell you that protein, like a scoop of protein powder, is going to make you you know, giant, and it's yeah, like... It make you get yeah. some of these, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, a little bit more than that. No, so like, I just like him because he's like a straight shooter, man. He just tells you what you need to know and tells you a lot of actionable ways that you can improve. So uh, that's who I've been following for the gym for the last, you know, six months. So I've got a little bit of input, and I'd love to be able to add it in. Dope, dope. Uh, so we, uh, earlier today at work, I'm able, I have the luxury of listening to podcasts all day. 
Oh, it's fantastic. So I listened to the podcast, of course, uh, Nelson talked about yesterday with Jocko and Jordan Peterson. And I never thought of this question before, but Jocko said he always gets it. And it's, uh, what do you think is the biggest problem in America? <clears throat> so I think it'd be kind of interesting. Obviously, we all live in America and we all fought or are fighting for America. You see that flag in that background, son. Uh, <laughs> But uh, right next but yeah, I just kind of want to tap into that because there's, I mean, there's deeper problems. It's easy to answer that question. You know, uh, what's the problems in America? Uh, what divorce? Divorce numbers are skyrocketed. That's an easy answer. But uh, as Long said, we're gonna try and dig deep here, get a deep conversation. Daler, you, you kind of want to start it off? Or? Yeah, I'll I'll kind of kick it off. Um, so I think it it ties in well with the last episode because we talked a little bit about suffering. And uh, being grateful in spite of your suffering. And I like that quote specifically because it really um, it illustrated kind of the necessity to have suffering and kind of like how you can grow with that. And I think that's um, it's, it's going to sound cliche when I say this, man, but it's like that I think is the biggest problem in America right now is the lack of suffering. And it's it's kind of a more recent thing now because with inflation being as high as it is, I think we're all suffering a little bit more. Um, but like before, let's say back in 2019 and the years around that, we had it good for a long time. You know, it's like if you could go to school, maybe go to college, get a job that pays you a living wage, hopefully. And then you could theoretically do that for your entire life, you know. And it's like the the that's great because it's an easy thing to do. But that doesn't make it a productive thing. And I think it would make it the opposite, if you ask me, because in in having such an easy life, you have no suffering. It It's just it is what it is. But the, the issue with that, though, is like in the lack in, in an environment where people aren't suffering, they kind of like manufacture something to to be mad at pretty much and something to fight against. I think it's kind of human nature um, to want to, to want to fight against something. Um, and I, I think that's a big problem right now is that we just don't have enough suffering. And as a result, people are soft and then they just kind of manufacture things to get upset about. Yeah. So, I mean, well, you got something to add? agree to a certain extent about that because uh like it is 100 percent in human nature to try to find a problem in things like even if there are no problems we're going to make one up so yeah i like, no like i completely agree with that and uh i think personally one of the biggest problems in america is social media or not necessarily social media itself but the influence it has on everybody because like if you if you go look at social media, it influences pretty much everything. Like any any industry that somebody's in, there is social media there that influences that industry. Yeah, that kind of ties ties into our last one because we were talking about algorithms. Yeah, yeah and, and thinking about how um mm -hmm. like how we're more connected than we've ever been. I can get a hold of damn near anyone. You know, I can go on Twitter and tweet to any celebrity. I can get a text mm -hmm. from yeah. anyone. You know anything. Yeah, but like we're that, we, yeah. we're so yeah we're so connected, but we've never been so isolated. And I'd like to get y'all's opinion on like why we kind of think that that is. 
Um, I think it's almost like like we're too connected. Because I could call someone from, like, you get them telemarketers you already know from halfway across the world. I could do that, but I could also send a message online that's this hateful message that I'm taking out all this hate that I don't like my job, I don't like my life. It's an easy way to just push it all out on someone else that you'll never see. <laughs> you never have to deal with the confrontation of seeing this person face to face. You can call him a piece of shit, an asshole, whatever you want. And you know there's there's no there, there's no there's no you know what I'm saying it's just like it's just like uh women women Bill Burr had a skit about this <clears throat> you don't hit women there's no there's never a reason to hit a woman well I can think of plenty of reasons to hit a woman you just don't do it but then he talks about if I was a woman and I knew no one's gonna punch me in the face I'm talking shit to everybody bro. Like imagine going to the gym, you know no one's gonna punch you in the face. How much shit you talking? You know what I'm saying? Like if you Yeah, bro, like if you have that hate in you, you're gonna talk that shit, and especially if there's no consequence to it. So there's it's almost I guess you could chalk it up to almost accountability. I guess that would be my answer, and I didn't know that until right now. How about that? Go ahead, love. I see like a big disconnect, like like you said, from so much connection, because like we stem so much of our connection with human beings now based off of just looking at your phone and seeing what other people are doing rather than, you know, getting together and doing shit with people, like actually fucking doing shit face to face. So like there's a disconnect there because most of your information that you're getting on like either other people on social media or like maybe even like family and shit like that is through this fucking thing right here. You know, actually, or some of us aren't able to go see our families and shit like that just because like military are living in completely other, like different states and shit. But like, I feel like that's a big part of the disconnect. Like you said, is having too much of a connection via social media. Cause like you have less reason to like reach out to people. But then, and well, fuck- so then I'll ask you this, because then if you have this huge connection, why would the connection not be a great one? Because of how we are as people. Yeah, because what do you mean the, how we are? Because of what, uh, like in, in, the, in, the, in the world of social media, you don't necessarily have to be yourself, right? So I could feel like if I had never met you and you portrayed a certain persona to me online, you could still feel a huge disconnect as a person, right? Because, like, you're trying to connect with me and shit, but if I'm displaying a fake persona or you're displaying a fake persona, there's no real connection there. Or getting catfish. You know what I'm saying? Huh? Yeah, essentially, like, catfish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think, I think a big issue, too, is, like, we always use the word connection when we're talking about this subject, right? And I think it's important to distinguish, um, like there can be different qualities of connection, right? So like if we were to meet face-to-face, we're interacting with each other in person, I would say that that at least has the opportunity to be a high quality connection. I think it's certainly not gonna be a low quality one. I mean, you could almost put it it on a scale from zero to 10 and just say that that connection could be a fucking five, but online your your potential is almost zero to five. Five, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, your potential online to connect to someone 
as you would in person is is way different just because you don't have the <clears throat> that face. Yeah, it's like if you're if you're starting off at like a seven on the connectivity scale, you have the opportunity to go up to a ten, but you 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 really can only go down so far, or else you'll just fucking go away. You know, stop talking to each other. But with social media, it you don't really have those kind of quality connections like you like you do in person. It's it's hard because like when you send a text message, right? You're you're literally just getting the words, obviously, but you're not getting that inflection. How that like you can tell by a person's body language how they're feeling. So like if you send me a text message, Trevor, I might not understand what your entire message is because I'm only seeing the words of it. I'm not seeing all the the nonverbal ways that we communicate. Yeah. And I think another problem too is like we're so connected and we have access to so many people. It's it's easy for misery to spread. You know, I said last episode that misery loves company. And it's it's all too easy for me to go to a cynical part of the internet where everyone's pissed off and everything. And just kind of like I could start believing in that, you know? It's like we have we're we're bound by crappy connections. And then on top of that, we're talking about something that makes us pissed off. And a lot of the times it's a very nuanced conversation that really can't happen over the internet with text, but we're, we're still doing it, you know? And I think a lot of that message kind of gets lost in translation. Yeah, when that it, happens. it becomes almost meaningless. You can't, yeah, no, it's like, it really it's a low quality conversation. Man. Yeah. That's why, that's why, uh, when we decided to make this podcast, I decided to do video right away. I didn't even hesitate on it. Cause even like when I'm talking, I use my hands, I use my face, I smile, like, that kind of shit is contagious, especially smiling. It's what I've been told my whole life. So, so yeah, definitely that face to face. Do you have anything else to add to, to the problem? Cause if not, I'd like to dive into what you guys think the solution is. Okay. No, I'll, so I'll kind of get into what I think the biggest problem facing the U S is on a little bit more of a broader scale okay. than um, like necessarily social media is I think that's kind of a smaller element of the bigger problem which to me is that because things have been so easy, it's extremely hard for people to find purpose and meaning in their life when everything just comes so easily. You know, I don't have to fight for food. I got the grocery store. I don't have to fight people. I have, you know, the cops and like, I have a gun. I don't have to worry about the internet. I don't have to worry about water. I've got a fucking working toilet in my, my bathroom, you know? And like, the byproduct of that is like like we talked about when people don't have a problem or a big issue that they're facing, they make one up, you know? Yeah, so it's just what we do. One of the things that uh I got to thinking and I actually I misused it last episode is the fight or flight mode. It's that you gotta think back when we had none of this, like two thousand years ago, like even cavemen, they only use fight or flight mode how like really think about it, how often? <laughs> Like I don't know. hunting, maybe uh, attacking like an enemy, maybe they didn't use it as much as we are using it today. We're, we're generating these things where people are getting so worked up, these fake problems where people are getting so worked up, so angry. We're in this fucking like we can't even speak our own thoughts yet. Like we're, we're speaking out of emotion now. We're getting into this great like we're, we're boosting up our adrenaline. We're boosting. I think it's what is it? Cortisol. I hope I'm not using it right. right? Your stress yeah. So now, now we're generating, like we're using this way too much. And this is why, this is why you see people dying. So, so way earlier than 
the life expectancy should be. Like, we're supposed to be able to live to age, I think it's 130 now. Get the fuck in. No bullshit, bro. No bullshit. We have the technology to... You don't think we have the technology to live to 130 right now if you had a kid? Not easy, I think. I think we have the technology and the information for someone to input the right substances into their body down down to the wire to where they they could 100% live to 130. They'd be a cyborg then. They wouldn't be a human. I think you'd have I, to I just Fine, bro. Goddamn. We'll say 100. Now I don't even know where I was going. Fuck. If you were going to live to be 130, you have to start like eating only the right shit from birth. Yeah, but yeah, but essentially <laughs> what I'm saying is you're you're entering this fight or flight mode more often than you should. So you're using the like, like the spiritual way to look at it is you're literally using more of your life every day. You're ex- you're li- you're entering this state of adrenaline where you're literally using more of your life in that conversation now, off of this fake shit that you see off of social media and all that shit. So, Dale, I I would have to agree with you, with you on that because it's I I, I agree. You're, you got no not enough real struggle here in America. I think that's what COVID brought on. It's a real struggle, but. You, I think it's it's got to be worse than even COVID, but I think COVID did spark it a little bit to where it's all right. We're kind of over exaggerating our situation. We live in the best country in the world. What are we really getting upset about? Yeah, and to me, it's important to kind of highlight too. It's not just the stress chemicals that we're you know constantly experiencing. It's also the dopamine receptors. Anytime you get a notification on any app. Or, you know, there's so many, like, triggers for dopamine right now. It's insane if you actually know what you're looking for. So, like, you got dudes that watch porn. It's like you're just frying your own dopamine receptors. And then, like, they just kind of become desensitized. So you can only get such a a happy response from things where you should normally be over the moon excited. Now you're chemically incapable of achieving that. Um, But, no, like, on the the COVID thing, man, I think uh, you're – exactly right like in the absence of a problem people make one right and so for a lot of people this problem is now deposited just kind of onto them and it's like you know you might not have known that's exactly what you're looking for but all of a sudden you have a purpose in life you know um and then i that's what i think you still see people you know two years after you know we know what we know about masks that are deathly afraid to leave their house for whatever reason, and still they just wear masks all the time. And you know, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Driving but the car those, with it on. Yeah, they're, they're like clinging to this this problem, which isn't a problem really for them, but they do it to have a problem. Long, you got something? I see what you're saying that? Yeah, uh, I think that goes a lot into people taking like the wrong shit too seriously, like the. What you said, Daler, about the um, fuck, how did you put it? You said that, that we, yeah, we we don't have problems right now, really, so we create problems. Mm-hmm. So that's exactly what I'm going into is like people taking those problems, which are created problems, essentially fake problems. They take those and they run with it. They take it too seriously, and that causes issues as a whole for mass ma- like ma- a fuck ton of people right like the the people that are still doing the mass shit there's so many people that are like 
completely freaking out about that and keeping that problem alive when we can move forward as a country and be able to like actually start taking on legitimate issues that are coming up and that shit's supposed to you know like that shit's water dying down bridge, yeah. yeah it's water under the bridge <laughs> keeping that pertinent when the real pertinent shit is being just that has a veil over it because we're worried about stuff from the past yeah yeah the, the most uh, yeah yeah i see what you're saying like basically i mean you could kind of tie that in i'd want to kind of get your opinion on this one because i know it is a big thing in bodybuilding when you when you are more stressed, what what kind of difference do you see? Can you your, can you tell it? Can you can you tell by your you know what I'm saying? Can you Yeah, yeah, it's it's gonna be in everything when it comes to like if you're if you're super stressed, you have those those high cortisol levels, which scientifically like high cortisol levels inhibit other receptors from producing like stuff that's ultimately gonna get you gains. And then on top of that, you're super stressed thinking about other stuff or thinking about your performance during a workout, those cortisol levels are up and it's going to affect your workout, which is then adding on to that effect of like the inhibition of, uh, not HGH, because, you know, produce that. Yeah, inhibition of testosterone. And that actually, yeah, testosterone is directly correlated with your cortisol levels. If they're up, if your testosterone's up, your cortisol will be down and vice versa. So like all that stress from all this like outside shit or like, you know, and stress on you in general in bodybuilding or powerlifting, weightlifting in general, or anything where you're really like putting stress on your body, even work is going to affect your performance. 100%. Yeah, I'm glad we tapped in on that, but <clears throat> I will go back because we did skim over the uh, solutions. I do want to hear what you guys think the solution to this problem you think America has is. Personally, I think I, I touched on it already is I think the solution is to create hard times. It, they'll naturally form themselves, obviously. <clears throat> but if you create the hard times and you learn from all the hard times, like you said, you learn from your suffering, you learn from your experiences. I think that's how the whole community will end up growing. And I think that's why COVID spiked, spiked this, this spiritual awakening for a lot of people, because that's. That's kind of what they started realizing. Yeah, I mean, there are some lessons that I think you just have to learn the hard way. Um, and it's it's unfortunate, you know, that we're kind of programmed like that. But, like, that's, that's the reality of the situation, man. Like, you've got so many people right now that are upset at things that are really not affecting them. Like, who the president is, that affects you infinitely less than the local government, you know. And, you know, another great example, in my opinion, is BLM and those Antifa groups, right? It's like they're fighting concepts, you know, like you're fighting systemic racism or fascism in the government. You're never going to, like, make a law or arrest a racist or vote a politician out of office and think, oh, you know, well, thank God that's done. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> thank God racism isn't a thing no more. It's like it's such a great it, it, I hate to call it great, but it it's such a great kind of fake problem to have because you're never going to end it it's like your life is just kind of this you know endless rpg um and i i just think that the only solution to that man is hard times that, that is what it is you know well i'll get you some on that uh so yeah to add to that specifically before before i put my two cents in i want to get you i want to know 
do you actually think and it sucks to, it really does suck to say it but like do you actually think america not not as a whole because you can't get an entire country of people on the same side but do you think america can unite with each other even in those hard times or do you think we're going to create those other problems like we were just talking about before those other small problems to then once again put a veil over that bigger issue you know what i'm saying yeah i think <laughs> i think the solution would... you want me to go in real quick yeah go me... ahead yeah yeah so personally um i think it's a tough one because I, I i think it would lead to the collapse of the u.s but i just think that there are some groups that cannot reconcile their differences you know i i can't say anyone in college right now saying oh you know i hate trump but you know for the greater good of the u.s and my fellow man i'm gonna put that difference beside me and and actually unite. I I don't think that you have that kind of you know greater purpose for us all to unite around. It'd have to be like a world war. Or something. Yeah, I don't think now, now would be the time to unite over that. Like uh, yeah, like you said, World War Two united. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Vietnam, yeah, just, Vietnam even Vietnam. Completely, I mean, to a certain extent. Yeah, you know, you got a whole group of people that was left in the dust. The whole like the the hippies, all those people. Those all that came out of nowhere, like that united all of them. I, I, like you said, it did separate a lot of people, but <clears throat> it also united a lot of them. I don't think, I don't think there's an event that will happen because of all the evil that's already happened and the evil that obviously we've all seen. I don't think that we. I think essentially we've seen the potential of evil. Obviously, it can get worse. I mean, I'm sure man will create more worse evil. But I think there's nothing too great to where people will set their differences aside, like Taylor said. I think it's just it's yeah. too divided right now. And I think the solution is this podcast. You know what I'm saying? I think the solution yeah. is getting down to the nitty gritty and talking about the issues with an open mind, being able to express your opinion while also not getting scrutinized or yeah, scrutinized or fucking talked down on. Or yeah, even cut but, off. That that's my problem though, is that <laughs> One side refuses to talk to the other one. I have seen hundreds of videos where conservatives will go on college campuses and they'll get run off, they'll get attacked, they will get assaulted, you'll get shit thrown at them. And I don't know if it's possible to compromise with people who refuse to let you speak and refuse to actually listen to you and try and understand where you're coming from. Not necessarily agree with everything that you say, but there needs to be a good faith attempt at realizing that there are other opinions and that it's not necessarily a bad thing for other people to disagree with you. Yeah, it's, at some point you have to be able to give somebody the floor and allow them to speak their opinion on whatever subject it may be. Because, I mean, the other option is tyranny. Plain and simple. The other option is I shove this information down your throat. You don't say anything. You accept it. And then you get COVID. The whole U.S. is shut down because you got this fake thing. It's tyranny. If you can't speak your opinion, you're literally forced to shut up. Whatever it is, if it's society pointing fingers at you or whatever it is, that's. I mean, that leads into another topic: is is uh, resilience in the in adverse or resilience. Fuck, Jesus Christ, Taylor, say it. Resilience like in the face of adversity, right? 
yeah, it's it's something that you need to have, man. But it's like, you know, what do you what do you do with what we currently have? You know, the way I see it is there is really only like one option aside from us all coming together, which I don't think is going to happen, is like a civil war or a kind of divorce. And I don't see either of those two working out well for anyone. I think it's it's like a knee jerk reaction, you know. Um, and, and really, all you kind of need to look at to show how divided we are is the elections right now, because the elections historically have not been within a one point margin of each other. In 1984, Ronald Reagan won every state except for one. I, I, I can like literally every I think it was uh, New Hampshire or Delaware, every single state, including California, New York, all the blue states won all of them, but only lost one. And I could not in a million years see that happening. It's because of that division. It's a, like, that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a huge amount of people. You got half of America who wanted to vote Trump for another four years. And then you got the other half of America that was like, nah, fuck Trump, you know, fucking Joe Biden. And like just so many people fucking voting for exactly what they believe in or what they think they're supposed to believe. Yeah, and it's... Right? it's it's at a sad point to where it's it's black or white. There's no gray. Yeah. No, I think it's a great thing to talk about, though, real quick, is like they vote how they're supposed to vote. But it's like uh, supposed to according to who, you know, and it the the way our kind of, you know, media algorithms work, how they show you what you want to see and generally things that you agree with is it breeds this kind of tribalism, you know, where it's not like. I dislike you because of your ideas. It's I hate you because you're on a different tribe. That's it. It's like like with the election uh, last time. It's like people didn't want Joe Biden. They just unelected Trump. Yeah. It's like it just kind of reads this this tribalist mentality where there's no trying to come to you know come together with each other to understand. There is no talking it out. It is. My tribe versus yours. Yeah. And so, uh, so now I got a really good one for long. Actually, it's I. I want to say and I, I almost don't quote me on this, but it was something like ninety percent of African Americans voted blue. <clears throat> I don't know what you voted. We're yeah. not going to get into that. You're still in the military. But going back to resilience in the face of adversity, how kind of how is your journey essentially? Because by the sounds of it, I mean, you're in the army. <clears throat> you could probably look up the statistic of how many blue people are in the army. <clears throat> yeah. But in, just in even you being in this conversation kind of shows that you're not left leaning. <laughs> you know, you're, yeah. you're obviously open minded. So I'm just kind of curious how you kind of <laughs> escape the tribalism kind of kind of deal. I just. For the most part, I guess I'm good at like seeing bullshit. Right. <laughs> so like. <laughs> <laughs> and that probably that just threw the I just fucking called the entire left bullshit. But I like, agree I with feel you. like I feel like I feel like if you got if you got something that's considered two evils, right? Like fucking Republicans and Democrats. If you got two evils, I feel like the best thing to do to look at look at both of them like literally in depth. Like don't just take all right, this is what one Democrat said and this is what one Republican said. And that that affects your entire uh, opinion looking for. Yeah, it takes your 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 entire view 
of that party as a whole, right? So then I guess it, I guess in that that as well, it goes in how I was raised. So like my fucking family's like conservative and shit like that. We're all like, you know, I guess like I guess you could say like gun toting fucking country ass Americans. So like shook them up. Yeah, fucking <laughs> shook them up and shut them down. Yes, sir. So like, yeah. So like a lot of the a lot of what the left is going for, I just don't necessarily agree with. I never have. And you know. So So basically have I mean, you I ever ran into a situation like, where where uh where someone Someone basically judge judge the book by the cover and, and kind of just assumed your position or something like we're, you know what I'm saying like it oh, almost, I mean almost, you know what I'm saying like hey you're, he's he's mixed so he's probably on my side or something. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. And that that goes into like that goes into a lot of stuff I don't want to get into right now because you know obviously there was a stigma fucking for like a couple of years about like being either black or half black or whatever in America or like being anything other than white and. I feel like that shit was taken like way overboard, but like still there is that like being half black or black people automatically look at you and assume, you know, something, but that, I mean, that could be said for, for most people. Like okay. I could look at you and, you know, think you're right. and think you're left without any knowledge, you know, it's just, yeah. Judging a book by its cover. It happens yeah. a lot. Yeah. That's a good answer, man. I, Wow, yeah, I'm I'm very impressed with that answer. I'm glad you that was really good, man. I, 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 that, that felt really good to hear, man. What you got, Dan? So I'll kind of share how I escaped a little bit of a tribalist thing, I'd call it. So like I grew up in Colorado, right? In um kind of the suburbs of Denver. It's a very blue area. And it's so blue. It was like any issue that it was just kind of like a given that you would agree with what the left's messaging was. And I would imagine it's probably the same in the black community because it's the same dynamic where you're just kind of assumed to agree with these people. Right. Yeah. Um, so like, let's say abortion. Right. I used to be a super pro-choice guy. I was like, that doesn't make like it literally, dude, it does. It didn't make sense to me why people were against abortion, because that argument is not even allowed to be presented. It's like I just didn't even understand. I never heard the counter argument to what I believed it. Um, and it wasn't until I was. I want to say 23 or 24 and I was watching a video of a dude talking about abortion and he explained why people don't like it. And like, I'm thinking the whole time, I'm like, dude, this dude makes, it makes sense. Like nothing that he's agreeing with seems like, like anything outlandish. Like I can, I may not like, like necessarily agree with it then, but at least I could understand, like he could substantiate his points, you know? And that kind of forced me to examine like, okay, I believe this, right? Why? It's like the Socratic method we were talking about at episode one. I believe this. Why? And I'm like, well, I don't know. It's just kind of yeah, most answers are like I grew up that way or my parents said it or I mean that's really Yeah, it's like I, I just kind of thought that because that's what everyone thought, you know? Yeah. And uh, it wasn't until I actually sat down and, and tried to understand what the other side was, you know, where they're coming from, that I was able to kind of get a, a whole kind of picture like get the whole argument and then formulate my own opinion yeah but so, the, the you go ahead so basically yeah i could touch on that too because i grew up south suburbs of chicago if you couldn't tell gang gang 
<laughs> um, had no idea. So it, obviously it's it's definitely left leaning, but my family is more right leaning. And it was hard to to be against either side. It, it was a lose lose. It almost felt for me if I was against Democrat Democrats. Now I go to school and I'm fucked. If I'm against Republicans, I come home and I'm fucked. <laughs> like there's it's a lose lose. So essentially, what ended up happening was I lost my best friend for 18 years, Jacob, or your family, Kairos, if you're listening. Um, hit me up. But it was all over all these viewpoints that were more right-leaning and I didn't understand the other side because I never opened up my ears and it eventually, that's what, that's how I lost my best friend, this dude I've been so close with. So that was my kind of eye-opening experience to where I now have to listen to both sides. I really do because if I don't, I'm going to end up losing half of the world essentially because <clears throat> realistically, man, if, you, if you're in one of those tribes, if you're in a left or right tribe, the left isn't going to want to speak to the right. The right's barely going to want to speak to the left. So you're immediately cutting out 50% of your network that you could potentially have. But the important thing, though, is like you could only do that because you wanted to see both sides of the argument. Yes, correct. Yes, correct. So yep. basically, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So I had That's that eye-opening experience to where I was able to open it all up. Yeah, and it's basically uh, – Really, and actually, we could touch on this. <clears throat> I don't know what podcast I was reading. I think it was, or not reading, listening to. Uh, I think it was a soul bra, but he was talking about basically once you develop empathy all the way, you now have a better understanding of the world. <clears throat> That's the dangerous part about this tribalist mindset: is you have no empathy for the other side. They might as well be less than human to your side, you know, and. You also, when that happens, don't try and seek the opinion because you view that other side as less. It's like I don't see very many people. Like I know we talk about both sides, but I don't see very many people on the left going on right podcasts. I see right podcasts inviting left guests, but they never come on. And it's it's like all that you're doing in that is just getting people more entrenched in your own opinion, and they don't see how dangerous that actually is. Yeah, Long, you got something? I think that uh, what you said really, like, hit the nail on the head. Like, you lose half of your network. Like, you, you lose half of this this entire other viewpoint that, you know, you could be learning from. You could be coming together and creating an equal. Like, the, you really could have one party. Like, you could have, like, it fucking be really hard. It could be really hard, but if you listen to both sides, right, you actually take shit in, fucking analyze it, you know, don't just throw 99% of it away. You could have one party and, you know, fucking unite everybody, like, under fucking one roof, essentially. Yeah. And <clears throat> another thing about that, too, is... Like viewpoints like that, where you're not uh, you're either afraid or you hate the other other side so much that you don't want to listen to anything. That's what breeds like extremism. Like, I mean, pretty much like the people that they go out and fucking like shoot up fucking places or some shit like that. 
obviously not all of it is like based off of shit like that, but some of it is because somebody has such an extreme view of like whether it be political or racial, their their view is so extreme because of their closed off mindset that it causes them to go do shit like that. Yeah, you know so what I'm saying? On that Jocko podcast with Jordan Peterson, Jordan Peterson tapped into the note that one of the Columbine kids left. And I don't remember it fully, but it was something like, I can see, it was like, I could see all the evil in the world and I'm embracing it, basically. And if that ain't extreme, I don't know what the fuck is. Are you guys guys familiar with the dude called Daryl Davis? No. Basically, Long, are you familiar with him? No, I'm not. So he was a dude that was trying to kind of understand racism, you know, and like how kind of how can someone hate me if they don't know me? Right. And so, like, it's a crazy story that I think everyone should hear. But oh. like, basically, is that the dude? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Is that the dude who like acted? He was a black guy, right? Mm-hmm. And he got in touch with like the fucking Grand Dragon of the clan or something like that. Yeah, the head of the entire clan. He went up and was able and was able to get him to leave the clan along with like I want to say it's at least 200 other people. And it's his entire message is like the only way that we're going to get rid of this issue is with conversation. And I I think it's a remarkable thing. It's like if you can get people out of the clan. Like this isn't like just some racist or like like someone who makes an off-race joke but it's pretty cool with everyone, you know? Like, these are, like, legit, you know, card-carrying, you know, fucking robes and all this shit, Klansmen. And these people were able to get, you know, back to reality. And it's like, that he he could only do that because of the conversation that he's that he's had, you know? Um, but I, I I agree with you. I think lack of conversation just breeds that, that further extremism, you know? Yep. <clears throat> Yeah, I think uh, that's a good spot for us to stop long. Uh, do you want to just tap into some some bodybuilding shit? Let's start talking about that. Uh, you got anything? Yeah, you, I mean, I've been listening a... to or who you who you've been following recently. Throw in some info here. Okay, so yeah, uh, as you guys know, I'm predominantly into powerlifting. So um, I've been taking like big inspiration and reading a lot of articles from uh, Dr. Jordan Feigenbaum and dr austin baraki those two dudes are like really fucking knowledgeable on like not only muscle science but like the musculoskeletal the musculoskeletal system and how like how it actually works how it affects your training and shit like that as well as like just you know form tips things along those lines and they have a i believe they actually have a podcast too i know they have a website but it's called barbell medicine and they have like a massive amount of articles, information on Is it free? different subjects. Um, yeah, yeah, it's free. That's a link we'll yeah. include, bro. Okay, yeah, for yeah, sure. For sure, yeah, bro, get, yeah, get dudes, that info out. Those dudes are super knowledgeable on uh, like everything fitness-related, really. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's what the degrees are in. So uh, those of you who don't know, I think Long knows and Daler both know, I've, I've attacked – the fitness industry more in a bodybuilding standpoint just because powerlifting there's no way i can keep up with that with my body the longevity just doesn't seem feasible for me like there's no way uh 
And I listened to uh, Mountain Dog. I don't know if you know him. He recently yeah. passed. That's my boy. Uh, I listen to him so fucking much. And then Seth Rosie has a couple, uh, couple really good videos out there too. He's a really good person to follow, just for bodybuilding. But uh, <clears throat> just for people who uh, like don't work out on a regular basis or don't, aren't in the routine yet of working out or want to. Just you know, like the beginner. Do you have any anything you'd say to them, or anything you'd you'd give it? You know, what what advice you give them, or some lessons you learned in your training daily? You could touch on it after long, I guess. Yeah. So a lot of people definitely like beginning, starting training. Like, I know I definitely did this, and they'd be like, "All right, I'm gonna start next week," right? Or they feel like like Monday's a big one, right? You know what I'm saying? Like Monday is the beginning of a new week, fucking you know, it could go good, could go bad. It's like, that's a bad mentality to have because if you're going to have that, you're you're honestly just going to prolong your, what's the word? Like your end, pretty much. Delaying yeah, your progress. Kinda. Yeah, you're delaying your progress, you're yeah, procrastinating. Yeah. So like, just, if you're going to start training, if you want to, you know, lose weight, gain muscle, whatever you want to do, just start. Right, you don't have. You can start right fucking now. You don't need anything to do it. You Click can that link below. And get to motherfucking work. Yeah, you can start push-ups, sit-ups, pull-ups, whatever you have the means to be able to do. And uh, I know a lot of people definitely have a lot of problems with anxiety when it comes to the gym, especially if you're like a heavier person. You need to lose some weight because I know that shit for a fact. I was about 230, 240 pounds as a teenager, and I was like all right, I want to join the army. I need to get fit. And then as soon as I step in the gym and I see all these fit dudes, fit women and stuff like that, I instantly get a fuck ton of anxiety, right? Because I know I don't look like them. And at the time I, I was telling myself through anxiety that like, oh, I'm probably never going to look like these dudes and shit like that. So that's like a lot of perspective. You know, everybody's in the gym to get better. You know, whether you're trying to gain weight, lose weight, you're there to get better. And nobody else is looking at you, looking down on you because yeah. of whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, and it's it's very, very, very important to note that, and especially I I think this a lot. Anyone I see in the gym is immediately better than anyone I don't see in the gym. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's anyone true, yeah. who is in there is immediately a step ahead of almost 95 percent of America, bro. You know what I'm saying? Anyone who's willing to get themselves up and go to the gym, you're on the right track to success. Any rich person, any successful person starts with the gym. So I think it's very, very important to note that anyone who sees you in the gym doing this, they they see you as more of a person. Like, hey, I was in their shoes once. I was in their shoes once. I did that. I was there too. I'm glad they started this journey. I'm more than happy to see a new person in the gym, bro. And especially through this podcast, if Long gets someone, you know, affected or hits someone in the heart with it and they start going to the gym, bro. Money, straight money, you know what I'm saying? So it, I, I really like how you added that in because I do think that is one of the biggest problems I face too. And I was a skinny motherfucker on the complete opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah, it, it, it's like that for everybody. Yeah. You yeah, know, I, I just think it's a great thing to know. Like no one's going to look at a fat person at the gym and think anything negative of them. Like it, it, that would be like going to a, a, a psychiatrist and making fun of people for being there at all you know 
It's like it to me, it takes some fucking nuts when you're overweight to even get in the gym. You know, like that's an extremely commendable thing. And I think that it's it's a problem people have anxiety over, which I totally understand. I was there. But it's it's just such a beneficial thing, man. And no one's no one's thinking anything less of you for being fat in the gym. Um, One thing I think that's really kind of important to touch on, too, is like how increasing your health and fitness has so much carryover to, you know, anything really. So whether it be weightlifting or I used to be a runner, so I was big into cardio, let's say, no matter what you're doing, you're developing some type of like grit and resiliency. And you you develop it's it's almost kind of weird. You start to develop a, a gratitude for being able to train and then for other things in life that you already have that you've worked for. And it kind of carries over to you being, you know, more confident, more assertive where you need to be, just kind of an overall healthier person. So it's not like you're going to the gym just to, you know, drop your body fat percentage. You're dropping your body fat percentage so you can be more confident. You can live longer. You can live a healthier life. You can play with your grandkids, you know. It's it's something that I think has a lot of secondary benefits that don't really get touched on a lot. Um, like I, I've seen it. So like I've only been lifting weights seriously for about six months. I was cutting down body fat for a while. Now I'm trying to build muscle. But like even in the you know five or six months I've I've been working on building muscle. It's it's insane the difference to me. Like I'm sure you could touch on this, brother. People are nicer to fucking muscular dudes, you know? It just, it says something about you that you are capable of going through hardship and suffering and you're you're able to to do it, you know? I think it, um, it it's just, you know, the benefits carry over. Before you pass it on to someone else, you want to just talk real quick about your journey too. I know you were a little bigger. Just oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so when I got out of, uh, when I got to the unit, I put on a lot of weight and then I was just kind of like stuck, you know, and then a dude named what's up? The unit meaning the army for those who don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, when I got done with all my training, let's say, because that was the first time that no one was really forcing me to exercise. It was just all on me. And uh, I put on a lot of weight. And this dude that we work with, Chris, hoping to have him on one day, he goes, he goes, uh, Daler, what are you doing to lose weight? And I'm like, oh, fucking, I don't know, dude. And like legit, I didn't know. I was just trying to eat less, I guess. And so he plugged me into my fitness pal, and that got me able to finally lose weight. And then I started running again, or running really, got really into that. Stopped doing that. Um, and then I put on a lot more weight after I stopped running, which makes sense. And uh, I got up, I want to say I was like 220. It was probably the heaviest I ever been. And then I just kind of was sick of it, to be honest with you, because it, it's taxing, man. It's like, I'm I'm capable of so much more than that. So I went from, I want to say 220 to, I want to say, what I say? It was like 177, 178. Yeah, yeah now I'm kind of back into my uh, muscle building phase, which is like, it's a big problem. I think a lot of guys who were once fat, you know, long time, I'm sure you speak on this too. But like, if you were fat one time, it's hard to gain, like to want to eat more, you know, to put on muscle. You're just so afraid of getting fat again, you know? Yeah, I definitely know what you mean by that because I I was on a bulk for like probably like the last four months and I was doing my fucking best to like eat enough meals, right? But, but I just cannot consume six to seven meals a day. Like it just doesn't feel right at all, right? So 
I can definitely see where you're coming from with that because like I'm afraid that I'm just gonna gain body fat, right? Instead of gaining muscle mass and shit like that. And what you said earlier about um like people treating like muscular dudes better, right? Or like being nicer to them. You definitely like your your body is it's honestly like you're pretty much your first impression on That's somebody, your book right? Cover. That's your book like, cover. You're, you're <clears throat> like before even the like talking between somebody happens, like like say with with a woman or something like that, you're walking up to the woman, the first thing she's gonna see is you. You haven't said a word yet. Or like see these going to, biceps, bro. Yeah, go go into <laughs> damn like job interviews or for like or for like even for like the board. Like I'm I'm getting ready to go to the board. Like it automatically shows those all those first sergeants up there, like I am disciplined, right? To a certain extent. Like that's what working out fitness and all that stuff it does is it breeds like a discipline within you that, you know, it's really kinda hard to find without, you know, some type of like fitness journey or something like that. Can you, real quick, the can you can you explain the board, what you're talking about, in case people thank don't you. know? Yeah, thank you. Oh, so, sorry about that. No, so good. the promotion board within the Army, uh, once you reach the rank of E4, to progress past that, to become a sergeant and on upward to staff sergeant, sergeant first class, you have to go to the promotion board where all of these uh, E8s or first sergeants, as well as the sergeant major of your unit, will be there. And they're just going to ask you questions. Um, they're going to test your knowledge. They're going to, you know, they're basically going to see if you are ready to be a leader, right? And a big aspect of being able to lead, in my opinion, is like being fit. Because you can't, you can't be a, a fat, non-commissioned officer and tell some E4 that he needs to lose weight or that he's doing something wrong, right? You have to lead by example. So even, not even in the military, like, as a, as a civilian in whatever you're doing, like leading by example. Well, fitness is a big part of leading by example, right? People are going to essentially like listen to you more because they can see that, like I said, that discipline within you, right? It's you're almost feel like, like you're yeah, probably giving good information. Like your, credentials, your credentials are on display. Yeah, like kind of, yeah. Essentially is what it is. It's almost like my resume is right here. It's the hey, first right, line. Right. Yeah, hey, my yeah. resume. You live? I got two pecs, two guns. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Once it's once you see that person that, that obviously looks more fit and takes care of themselves more than the other, that person's more inclined to succeed in life in general. You'll see as, as a person who eventually wants to be his own boss and hopefully the boss of others and my friend's family. I personally don't want someone who doesn't have that discipline of going to the gym in the morning. Everyone, I'm telling you right now, everyone who's going to work with me is going to be fit. Because not only can you see it, it breeds discipline. It also breeds conversation. Because there ain't nothing like going to the gym with your buddy, hitting a sick pump, then going to work. Or, or hitting it after work, then going to get something to eat. Or on a Saturday, you guys don't work. You want to hit the gym. You, you breed more connection, breed more net worth, and that's that's I think that's that's almost just as important as discipline. I agree. Yeah, <clears throat> completely agree. 
<clears throat> that puts us at 55 minutes, fellas. I mean, I mean, I think that's a good time to wrap. Yeah, up. you guys, yeah. Uh, you got anything you want to say, Long, before we we cut it off here? Anything you want to add? Anything you want to say to the people, uh, <clears throat> who you want to touch or something? You know. Um. Basically, yeah. So, like something really quick. Like, if you are, if you're telling yourself you want to do something, go ahead and do it. Right. There's no greater time than now. And that goes for anything. Start now before, you know, you either lose interest or you get other problems that inhibit you from doing what you want to do. You know, gain knowledge, get bigger, get stronger, whatever you're trying to do, do it now. Don't wait. Some good shit, bro. Gave That's me the chills. Goddamn. Taylor, <laughs> you got something you want to add? Yeah, no, I think um, it's like working out just like anything in life that takes a long time to achieve. It's it's not you going from zero to 50 to 100. It's, you know, a quarter of a percent at each time. And it's it takes a long time. And so I think it's just kind of important to focus on those kind of small, actionable steps that you can do. So make a make a Twitter page for an idea you had. Get a website, you know, registered to your name. If you're struggling in the gym. Go to the gym and literally walk on the treadmill. It's the easiest shit you can ever do. But it's those small baby steps that are really going to carry it forward. And no one's going to do it for you. No one's going to no one's gonna make you successful. No one is going to go to the gym for you. It Some things in life, you just have to nut up and execute. So I think that's important to do. And it starts with those small, actionable steps. Thank Sweet. you. <clears throat> yeah, you can kind of tie both of you guys together. I mean, Long's saying just do it now. And you're saying it takes time. Time, time is the one yeah. thing you can't get back and one thing you can't gain more of. So yeah, I'm saying now. like start now because it's going to take yeah. a little bit. No, no, I, I understand. I'm just saying, I mean, you could tie both yeah. of those together right away just because that time, time is of the essence, baby. Get to work, you know, get, start now. If you don't start now, you got that anxiety again tomorrow. You got that depression <laughs> again tomorrow. I agree. I agree. Start now. Um, I did prepare a quote. Actually, I... The quote kind of fell in my hands. I called Tommy before the show. So this is a quote from him. I asked him before I hung up, just like it was a show, just like it was a podcast. You got any quotes or anything, any, anything you want to kind of say? Because he wasn't able to get on. And his quote says, true desire in the heart for anything good is God's proof to you set beforehand to indicate it's already yours. And that was by Denzel Washington. I'll say it one more time. True desire in the heart for anything good is God's proof to you set beforehand to indicate it's already yours. Follow your passions, fellas. Stay in the gym. Let's get big. How about it? All right. Yes, sir. Peace.